Welcome to the Dropping Points Podcast, a weekly MLS fantasy podcast hosted by Blake Eshelman and Brian Maurer from MLS Gone Wild and Top End 90 Media. Are you looking for some designated players to save you from dropping points in MLS fantasy? Well, Brian and I have you covered with weekly MLS recaps, important fantasy-related news, and unsolicited advice that will help you win your MLS fantasy league. And please remember, listen responsibly. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Dropping Points Podcast. I'm your host, Blake, here with my partner in MLS Fantasy Soccer, Brian Maurer. Brian, what's going on, man? How are you? Doing well, doing well. Getting ready to double down on some podcasting with you this week, Blake. Going two for two 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 times in the same week. Doesn't get to happen every week, so I'm, I'm pumped, man. Double the trouble, double, double the fun. Yeah. And tonight we're doubling down on soccer. We're doing the Dropping Points Podcast, and in about five minutes we're going to have pregame for the u.s national team versus mexico game kickoff so if i get real spacey here and stop answering and responding it's because i'm watching that (laughs) but brian how'd you do this last week man i actually i did pretty i pretty solid considering how difficult the matchups were last week i feel like our matchup segment was pretty much just like there are games being played and and then that was it so but like lafc saved my week Getting, no, I, no, is there anything no, tell better? the truth. Tell the truth. Carlos Vela saved your week. <laughs> okay. Well, I also had Hollingshead, so he got me 10 more. That's true. That's true. So I had, I had both, I had 31 points out of three players from that. From that week. Is there, is there, it, I mean, that's just like the best feeling when you hit like that in like one game and it just sky, it's like, I don't know. When I saw that kind of getting off the plane when I flew into Detroit, it was just like ecstasy, man. It's awesome. But yeah, <laughs> this guy's not even stationary on the couch doing research. He's like, oh, I'm just traveling, walking through the airport. OK, I'm going Vela over Bwonga. <laughs> but I called it first. I called I called I texted you about it, too. I was like, dude, I think I'm going to make the switch. You did. And I was quite literally I was cutting my grass and I was thinking about this. I'm like, OK, I'm having a very mediocre week. I need to make some ground up in the standings. Like I really need to climb a little bit. Not that it matters. I'm not doing shit with fantasy this year. And I was like, but how can I get some differential? I'm like, well, everybody probably went Boonga. He was my tap end of the week last week. Why not go Vela? And then I texted one of my buddies about it. And that's where I went wrong. If I would have just done it and done what my heart told me to do, I would have been fine. And here I would have been sitting where you are with 90 some points. Instead, I finished with like 74. But that was my first dropping point of the week was not listening to myself, taking Bwonga instead of Ayla, and that absolutely killed me. Brian, how did you drop points, man? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I went with Alex Roldan, who only had one point in, like, just the craziest, uh, craziest matchup. I feel like what uh, our biggest surprise matchup for me of the, of the weekend, even though it was a rivalry matchup, with how poor Portland have been and how many injuries they've had, and Eric Williamson being the most recent one going out, I was really expected a strong performance from Seattle on the road. And but road defenders, man, bit me yet again. So that was my that was my first big dropping point. And then and, I also had, and, I had we, we should have seen this coming, Brian, because yeah. Seattle had to beat Portland in three straight matches, and then they yeah. just blew them out to make it four straight matches with Seattle yeah. not beating yeah. beating Portland. Yeah, we should have seen it coming, but we turned a blind eye. Yep, absolutely. And then I went with Reyes from New York Red Bulls, and he had a clean sheet. I was like set up. I had my switcheroo ready to go. Um, another option, because then I wouldn't even gone rolled on if I if Reyes had hit, because then I would have gone cheap and 
taking Roldan out and had another option there instead. So like it's again, it goes back to the snowball effect. He had a shutout until I forget what minute exactly it was, but it was late in the game when New York Red Bulls gave up the equalizer. And so there was my other dropping point was Reyes losing the, sh- the, the clean sheet late. And then Drew, you see, I think I'm really, I'm done with Austin FC players to be honest. Uh, just, first, first it was Philly, now it's Austin. Yeah, dude. Just, just at least, hey, at least I'm balancing it between the conferences, so I'm not like weighting it too heavy in any one direction. But yeah, I, it's just for how good they were last. I mean, they just looked toothless in the attack this year, and it was a plus matchup, right? I mean, at home against Vancouver, who while Vancouver have been playing well this, I mean, this year, I mean, they had to go hard against LAFC and CCL midweek. Going in on the road on Austin FC, I mean, I feel like you couldn't ask for much more of a plus opportunity to try to really uh, put something on them and put something together in the attack and finally get going. And absolutely, I mean, just couldn't get anything going. So that was those are my big my big dropping points for the week. Yeah, I picked a couple players in what I considered a plus matchup, although it was really questionable. The DC versus CF Montreal game in CF Montreal, and I picked Matthias Click and Christian Benteke. They totaled just six points versus Montreal. That was a very silly move. I haven't picked a DC player at all this season, and I rode the Benteke as my 50-50 train, and I rode that straight to two points. And Yeah, they were they were both flops for me last week, so I, I learned my lesson, Brian. And I won't be picking very many DC players going forward. Maybe other than your guy, Lewis O'Brien, right? Yeah. Or Chris Which, Durkin, man. Don't sleep on Chris uh, Durkin. Yeah. Dude. Lots of- <laughs> you you hit on him once early this season, and you're never going to let me forget about it. Nope. <laughs> I love that, though. That's what we're doing this for, right? Don't don't. I won't let you live it down. Don't let me live anything down either. But we talked about how we drop points, Brian. Let's get into a bunch of the guys that are way better than us that should probably be hosting this podcast that did not drop points. So here's our dropping points MLS Fantasy Top 5 from last week at number one styrak fc with 111 points carlos vela was their captain brilliant call 34 points at number two nolan fleming grizzlies afc talk about a mouthful there 108 points nico ladero as their captain with 18 at number three our weekly feature in this top five black and red with 106 points lucas Elorionic captain with 16 another guy that's in here every single week older goaler at number four with 100 points, Carlos Vela was his captain as well. And then rounding out the top five is lineup IQ and the Blazing Muskets photographer, 98 points with Lucas Elorion and Christian Espinoza as their captains. So, Brian, we talked about the Fantasy League, the top five. We got into our dropping points. Let's go into the week that was. What were some of the big three things that you saw from last week that had the biggest fantasy relevancy? Yeah, I think the first thing is good teams can get stomped on the road in MLS. I mean, it's just the the the, the parity in this league. Um, Seattle and Cincy, I think, were the prime examples this past week. Cincy losing 5-1 to St. Louis and just uh, no points available for them, even though they were the strongest team on the road in terms of fantasy points per game. Um, they dropped 5-1 to St. Louis. Obviously, Lucho Acosta was not in that matchup, so that – plays a role but still to to lose that that badly against an expansion team just shows kind of how where the league is at and that at any point especially on the road uh just bad things can happen if you pay premium um for for road players and the same goes for seattle i mean we both both of our dropping points and alex rolled on and they give up four late goals out of kind of nowhere because they had it one nil up into what like 60 65th minute and then just 
bicycle kick and four goals later, it's completely um, just capitulated. So um, I think that's my first, my first note is just really be wary and, and spend sparingly on road games, even when you have good players on a good team in what looks like a potential premium matchup. Um, yeah. And, and to add to that, be aware of when those good teams that are playing on the road, have players that are injured and out missing yeah. like Lucho Acosta for FC Cincinnati, yeah. Christian rolled on for Seattle. Both of those teams were missing very key components to their team, and they both got their butts beat on the road. Another thing, another little sub point to this is Dyrone Esprit is probably good for at least one bicycle kick of the year, huh? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Close to it. Close to it. Man, what a, what a goal. And then uh, so my second point, and actually all my three things kind of play off of each other a little bit. Christian Espinoza has scored th- in three straight games. Uh, four four in total uh and he's probably honestly out of like maybe the top players in the mvp race i think he's probably maybe one of the more underrated ones just in terms of not having quite as much final production as some of the other the other players in the mvp race right now but i mean he's just had an absolutely fantastic season and looks really really good for san jose um and he's going up on on the road this week um but again like i just said premium players on the road a little dicey so just spend sparingly and he's at a premium price which leads into my final point espinoza is playing rsl who continue to give up lots of fantasy points to midfielders specifically on the road around 26 points per game home or away hasn't mattered uh, and they host san jose this week so all in all even though um i'm definitely not doing uh, a ton of premium spending on on road players i do think when i i, I try to think through this process um and and try to find one or two because there's going to be some players that that score on the road and for me i think espinoza looks like a prime candidate for it but again it's like for me not only is it like these three big things but it's just like really think through your process when you're trying to find find your your make those decisions especially with your road players and especially with the big money spending because i mean espinoza is a, a risk i might be willing to take at 12 mil but at the same time i have to be prepared for for a dud because again going on the road against rsl even though they've been really really poor this year um are capable of changing it around just because i mean this is what mls has has been for for several years now especially when it comes to playing at home against whoever on the road it can happen so yeah but san jose is a different team now right i mean they're a completely different team but to your to your point san jose the last time they went to real salt lake they lost 2-0, and something I found interesting is Real Salt Lake have scored nine goals in the last three games against the San Jose Earthquakes. Again, keep in mind, this is not the same Quakes team of old. This is not the Super MLS after dark giving up three, four goals a game, and the games are wide open. But it is to note, RSL seem to you know, have had their number at least in the past, and Jefferson Savarino has scored in each of the last two games against the San Jose Earthquakes. There's your little quick fact from me. There. A little differential pick there. Ooh. You like that. You like that. All right. So we're feeling loose here. My three things, the new England revolution, they have given up the most open play shots conceded in the league with 90 and Petrovic leads the league in saves. So the volume and production are there for the revs. If you can afford a goalkeeper that is at a premium price, that's not necessarily my strategy, but if you want a guy that's getting the saves, the volume is there and you know, he's getting a lot of those shutouts. Petrovic is probably your guy. I mean, have you picked him yet this season? I don't think I've gone like over a seven and a half mil goalie yet. 
No, I've I've really gone value. And I mean, with the keeper rue option, you can kind of pick two value options. And I mean, with keepers, if you get a if you're you're just looking for a clean sheet, right? And then that gets you close to that 10 point number. And then I mean the difference between the eight and what what's the max of a goalkeeper gonna get, right? 13, 14 points, maybe. Or if you get like Steve Clark last week where he gets an assist and then get if you were to get a clean sheet in that game, maybe that's the max, right? 14 points. But like the difference between if you you're picking two goalkeepers that have a clean sheet, I mean, you're talking about four or five points, maybe. And but you're gonna be talking maybe about three million in difference in cost, and that can go towards so much more. Uh, it, it can, but but listen, the Revs are playing Sporting Kansas City this week that have scored just two freaking goals all season. Like, if there's a goalie that's a tap in this week, it's Georgie Petrovich. Yeah, for sure, for sure. He's okay. probably going to get 12 shots on goal, and they're all going to be right to him. Exactly. They give up a shit ton of shots. The Sporting Kansas City takes a shit ton of shots. The volume's going to be there in this game for him to make those saves. So we'll see. I thought that was worth mentioning just because of the yeah. matchup. And then you talked about Espinoza and how he scored. Was it three straight games, you said? Yep. Okay, Gigi, Giorgios Giacomacus, has scored in his first four starts for Atlanta United. He's one of just seven players in the league to score in each of his first four starts. That's pretty impressive. And I threw a tweet out earlier this week basically saying that with Tiago Almeida behind him, Giorgio Giacomacus can absolutely contend for the golden boot this year is that far-fetched i mean he's got four so far more says eight i mean he's got some ground to make up but without made behind him mvp one of the front runners like i think he can contend i mean i i would say morris probably doesn't get more than 15 goals this season so like i mean wow <laughs> some I people mean, some people were saying that after he was scoring all those goals earlier you know a couple weeks ago it's like jordan morris golden boot book it now no way really uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. But he's but this is like the most goals he's ever scored in a season at this point, and now he's not playing striker anymore. Rui Diaz is gonna true. Rock it's true, it's a mean, very good point. He he'll, was he'll starting at striker when Rui Diaz was out. Yeah, there's like but there's miles to feed in Seattle. What his start is not I I don't think I mean based on just history, even when Morris was the Morris of old pre-injury, he wasn't putting away goals like this. He was capable of scoring, but I feel like Seattle isn't a team where you're going to look at them having a, a golden boot contender. I mean, they're going to have four or five guys who could probably all get close to double digits. Yeah, but no, like, I, I agree. Well, well, we'll keep it moving from that. I just wanted to bring up the golden boot conversation because yeah. Jordan Morris did get off to the early lead, but now that yeah. GG is healthy, he's with the team, he's hungry, and he's scored four in his first four starts. Like that's, that's pretty impressive. So I, I figured that was worth mentioning. It's super relevant this week because they play the lone game on Sunday. So uh, he will be an important fantasy play this week if you decide to pick him up. And then we've referenced a number of teams, Brian, as the MLS fantasy punching bags, <laughs> right? It's been Montreal. It's been Sporting Kansas City. It's been RSL. It's been Charlotte at home. Go yep. crew this weekend, right? Hopefully the crew punch on them. Get to hit the uh, the speed bag and the heavy bag. We're going to beat them up this weekend, right? But Inter Miami, you can absolutely add them to that list. They have been shut out in four of their last five matches, with three of those being on the road. And they get to go on the road this weekend to a team that has not conceded all season at home in the Houston Dynamo. So add Inter Miami to that MLS fantasy punching bag list. If you're looking for a team to beat up on and target, Inter Miami is another one. Yep, absolutely. 
Okay, Brian, we're going to roll through this important fantasy-related news. Again, no double game weeks. I don't know when those come into play, but there's none this week. Obviously, we'll talk about some injuries and some news. Biggest news, U.S. Men's National Team getting ready to kick off here shortly against Mexico. So just be aware of those players that are starting and see how long that they play if they'll be starting for their team. So just monitor those starting lineups as they come out over the weekend. But Almeida has returned to training. Georgios Giamakis is day-to-day, but he was back in training. And Senye posted on Instagram that he is in, quote, ready to play. And he posted a nice little video. So he should be back this weekend. Cucho should be back soon, according to the Columbus crew. Eloy Room is back in full training. So we'll see what that means for Patrick Schulte. Kai Wagner is back 100% for the Philadelphia Union. Diego Fagundes was hurt last weekend and went to immediately to the locker room after he was injured. Haven't really heard much on what that means. Chase Gasper was picked up by Houston after he was let go by the LA Galaxy. Lucho Acosta is out to one to three weeks, and he's probably questionable. He's uh, One week has already passed. It was a shoulder, so we'll see. And then Christian Roldan was a do not, did not play, did not participate, and should be questionable for this week. I think it was a concussion in that 4-1 loss, before that 4-1 loss to Portland. Yeah, and I would honestly say, like like we talked about this last week with the key injury, uh, Acosta and Seattle, even though they're in plus matchups, I mean, that definitely has to be. If they're both out again, you have to kind of – uh, way playing players from the, those teams with a grain of salt for sure. Yeah. And Vasquez is starting for the U S men's national team tonight. So I don't know how much that, you know, if he does go like 60 or 70, does he start on the weekend? I don't know what the situation is with Brenner. We touched on his sale uh, last week on last week's show. He didn't play last week either for FC Cincinnati. And that was part of the beat down in St. Louis as well. And so we'll, we'll see, I suppose. But Brian, the first team that we're actually getting ready to talk about in the weekly matchups is FC Cincinnati versus the Portland Timbers. Brian, what's going on with that matchup? Yeah, so since he's got the sixth most po- fantasy points per game at home, they're also a big favorite in their the biggest favorite on the weekend based on what the odds makers are, are, are predicting. They're a minus 185 favorite. They said since he's sixth most fantasy points at home, um, although we they're the best fantasy point team on the road last week and they lost 5-1, but home game, completely different completely different situation, especially against a team like Portland who've allowed the fifth most fantasy points per game on the road, fifth most specifically to defenders and third most to forwards. So players I think are in play for this game are Barrial, Miazga, Roman Salentano, and Vasquez. If he plays, I definitely think that's a question mark just in terms of his U.S. men's national team um, start tonight. Although again, I mean, I can't, I can't see Vasquez not still being rolled out. There's four I, days. So there's four days until Saturday's games. Like, yeah, there's plenty so, of time. Yep, for sure. For sure. Uh, anything you wanted to add on that one, Blake? If Acosta doesn't play, I think it would be interesting to see like how they try to infuse some an attacking presence and creativity into that, into that central midfield. Yeah. I think, I think Barrial would be a decent option yeah. to like, I mean, maybe not play at the 10, but play in some sort of inverted role, which he kind of plays anyway when he's not whipping in crosses from wide areas. Like he's a very creative, hyper-technical player that I think could slide in there. But I mean, if they were to do that, buy him as a defender and he's playing further up the field. I mean, that's like a Julian Gressel type play if that's something that they decide to do, but that's neither here or there unless it happens. So let's go on to the next matchup, Brian. Philly versus Toronto. Yeah, so they're another big favorite based on the, what the odds makers are predicting. They're a minus one seventy favorite. Philadelphia is. Um, they're playing Toronto, who are allowing the fourth most to mids away. Uh, so again, this is players to watch: Daniel Gazdag, 
costly, been a little bit inconsistent, but I think he's definitely worth a look. I like Jack McGlynn a whole lot. He's been playing a decent amount recently. More on him in a bit. And then also Julian Carranza. I like I like their uh, their attacking options because they're a little bit more at value. Their defenders are a little bit more premium price. And I think there's just better defensive options that have been more consistent this season than Philadelphia. And Toronto are still definitely capable of, of putting a goal away. Bernadeschi is capable of putting a goal, ruining a clean sheet any week. So, And if Insigne does come back, I mean – just double the attack there. So um, that's all I've got on the Philadelphia Toronto game. Sounders versus Minnesota. Another big favorite matchup. Sounders are minus 180 favorites. Seattle's got the second most fantasy points per game at home. Um, and even though Minnesota's been pretty stingy on the road, I would definitely favor Seattle in this home matchup. I got I like players like Lou Ladero, Rui Diaz is at a value. I'm almost Put, thinking about slotting him in every week right now at 7.6 is his current price. And that's just a yeah. ridiculously low cost for the player that he is. Morris, even though he's at a really high cost right now and switched back to the wing, where, like we said earlier, might not be getting the goals that he was getting early on in the season. And then Leo Chu, I mean, he's just been on an absolute tear. If he can keep his starting position, definitely look out for him, especially if Roldan continues to be out injured this week. Um, then Atlanta versus Chicago. Atlanta is another big favorite, minus 170 favorites. Um, and just right out of the gate, Almada's back. It looks like he's back in training full. So Almada and Yakumakis are both players I'm looking out for in this game. Um, I'm definitely targeting uh, Atlanta as big favorites against Chicago this week. And then the other big matchup uh, I would say that's definitely worth paying attention to, especially based on what the odds makers are thinking, is a big scoring potential matchup. LA Galaxy versus Austin FC. The odds makers have them as the biggest, most likely game to have over three and a half goals in total at plus 140. That's the best odds for, for over three and a half goals. Um, Austin FC have given up the sixth most in fantasy points on the road this season. LA Galaxy allow the sixth most points to forwards at home. Austin are allowing the third most points to defenders, fourth most points to forwards. So there's just a lot of point production being given up from both sides. LA Galaxy are the home team, so I'm definitely queuing uh, queuing up some players from them. Like I said earlier with Drew C not doing well for me this last week, I'm really fading Austin FC quickly. But I think this could easily be a matchup where LA Galaxy start to – some of their premium players start to shine. And they're premium players that are now at a really discounted rate because of how poorly their season has started. I'm liking players like Chicharito, Ricky Pouge, Bergman, Neal. I think there's several players that could be in play for LA Galaxy this week, and they're all at pretty decent value prices yeah. right now. Yeah, one player that we didn't talk about that scored an absolute banger of a goal last weekend was Tyler Boyd. Good call. In El Trafico. Not that we need to add him. I mean, he is, he's a very cheap option. Yeah. Against the side where Diego Fagundes is actually right mid versus left mid, and Fagundes is out. So I don't know who they replace him with. Could be a fate. I mean, maybe a favorable matchup. He scored a banger on LAFC. Austin FC is not LAFC. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Could be worth a shout. I don't know how expensive he is. I haven't pulled it up right now, but yeah, could be. I won't go any further than that, but I just wanted to mention a name and a banger of a goal. So Nice. But Brian, yeah. I think we got five left, all right? So yeah. I'm going to give you – let me get my little stopwatch out. I'm going to give you a yeah. minute for all five, I think, of these. All We're right. going to start with New York City FC versus Dallas. Three, two, one, go. NYCFC are great at home. 
I like in players uh, for NYCFC at home. It's good also. It's odds makers are thinking it's a low scoring affair, minus 140 for under two and a half goals. I'm liking players like Richie Ledesma, Santi, Chano, Talis Magno, Ilyanich for NYCFC. Maybe watch out for the right back, Jesus for Dallas, as well as a value pick. Uh, other matchups Charlotte FC versus Columbus. Charlotte are the worst home team based on fancy points per game. Uh, and Columbus have just been an outstanding team home and away. There should be lots of goals, honestly, for probably for both teams in this matchup. Houston versus Miami. We've already gone over how poorly Miami have been, especially on the road. Houston have been awesome at home. I'm only looking at Houston players in this matchup. I like Steve Clark in goal. Uh, teenage Hadabay as a center back. Um, Ache Ache, Artur as a value player in midfield. Bossy is a value player forward. New England Revs versus SKC. We've already kind of gone over the volume of SKC and just the amount of quant- uh, quantity shots given up. And time, Brian. No that was way. a minute. Oh, that was really a minute, good. Brian. That was a minute. No, I'm going to let you finish because you, you did really good. You were right. you were flying, bro. <laughs> go ahead. Finish it out. <laughs> anyone anyone from the Revs. Let's just go anyone with the Revs because of how poorly SKC is playing. Orlando versus DC is our last matchup. I like players like Torres, Ojeda, Jalese, McGuire. All value options. Uh Besides maybe Pedro Jalese. And then for DC, I do like Lewis O'Brien. He scored this past week. He's looking like a really quality player from the Premier League coming over to DC. So I am eyeing him, but mostly looking for Orlando players in that matchup. Brian, I'm not going to ask you who your tap in of the week is first because you just talked a mile a minute. So I'm going <laughs> to give your, give your mouth a break, right? But we're going to get into tap in 50 50 long shot. My tap in of the week is going to be Daniel Gosdog for the Philadelphia Union at 10.1 mil at home versus Toronto. Daniel Gazdog has four goals and three assists in four career matches versus Toronto. Toronto give up the fourth most points to opposition's opposition's midfields excuse me, with 25 points per game, and that's just 1.5 points per game behind the Galaxy, who are the worst, and they have 26.5 points per game against opposition's midfields. TFC have conceded goals to Ben Bender, Joswiak, Rosetto, Click, and DuPietro so far this season. Daniel Gazdog is averaging 7.5 four three points per game he is currently midfielder number seven and he has three goals and three assists on the season however all three goals are from the pk spot so it's good news that he's a pk taker but he's not getting a lot of goal creating actions or goals scored from open play whatsoever but daniel gazdog is my tap in of the week brian who's your tap in of the week my tap in is tiago almada at 12 mil premium price he's coming back off of an injury but I mean, he's just been arguably the best player now, all of MLS. So I think it's always a safe bet to go with with him as a tap in, especially at home, where he's had four goals and three assists in four home games so far this year. Uh, and he's going up against Chicago Fire, who have been very just kind of, I mean, all over the place. Definitely capable of giving up some goals, especially on the road. So I'm looking for Tiago Almada pretty much in every home match the rest of the way this year uh, until he's either sold or, I mean until further notice, but he's just been absolutely outstanding. So uh, I, I think that's enough. So I don't need a bunch of advanced stats for Tiago Almada. He's just yep. been absolutely incredible. Yep. One of, if not the best player in all of the MLS. So good shout there. So I'm going to get into my 50, 50 of the week. My 50, 50 is going to be Chicharito at 8.1 mil at home versus Austin FC. Austin FC can see the fourth most points on the road to opposition's forward at 16.3 points, and that's just 0.7 points per game behind CF Montreal, who are the worst. Four of six road goals conceded this year have been scored by forwards. Buonga had a hat trick. Cabral, Bossy, Klaus, 
and they they all scored goals against Austin. Chicharito scored the opening goal versus Austin in last year's 4-1 route, and both of Chicharito's goals versus Austin FC have both been scored at home. Chicharito played the full 90 last weekend. He had an assist, and he will be receiving service from two guys you you talked about earlier, Ricky Pooch and Brugman. It's I mean it's it's just a plus matchup for a forward who's at home and he's still looking to open open his account for for 2023. So for all those reasons, Chicharito is my 50-50 of the week. And for a guy who had 18 goals last year to be at 8.1 mil is uh, I would say a pretty good value as well, especially if he have, if he does get, get get going this season. So I think that's a great 50-50 option there. Richie Ledesma is my 50-50 at 7.5 mil. Wasn't even an option to pick in MLS Fantasy last week. Uh, got his first start for New York City FC, and in his home for his home start debut, uh, he had an assist, four key passes, two big chances created, a clean sheet, and he was also close to several more bonus points. He had two crosses, so he was one cross away from another bonus point, four ball recoveries. I think that's one ball recovery away from another bonus point, yep. two shots, so he was a couple shots away from another bonus point, uh, and he also had 30 passes, so if he had played the full 90, he only played 60 minutes. Uh, I think he easily could have had another four bonus points, potentially even more. I mean, he just had an absolutely um, just fire of a debut start there, so I'm at 7.5 mil, brand new player in terms of what you player you can pick in MLS fantasy and a home matchup for NYCFC. And we've just seen what they've been able to do at home. They've been easily, I'd say very predictably the better side in, in all their home matchups so far this year. So I'm definitely eyeing him at, at really good value at 7.5 mil opens up the bank for lots of other premium midfield options, which is going to be key this week because of just how many good premium matchups there are. Yeah, I think that's just going to be overall like a just a really good soccer game. Two teams yeah. that are, you know, pretty hot right now. Two teams that are definitely going to be in the MLS Cup playoffs. I mean, I know we're only entering week nine, but those are two really solid, solid teams. So I'm really looking forward to watching that match. And Brian, you said that Richie Ledesma is brand new to MLS fantasy. Well, I literally looked this morning because I was looking for purposes of this segment and I could not find him. And yeah. there he was this evening, and yeah. you had picked him up before I I could grab him. So that's a good shout there, Brian. So I'll get into my long shot. My long shot is going to be Ivan Anjulo. He's a midfielder for Orlando City. He's at home versus D.C. at 6.3 mil. D.C. give up the seventh most points away to opposition's midfielders with 22.8 points per game. He had seven points last week and a goal. He's averaging five points over the last three games, and he's recorded two-plus shots in the last four games. So for those reasons, Ivan Anjulo is my long shot of the week. Brian, who do you got? So I actually switched this last minute because I just found a, a real sneaky uh, sleeper value pick in Jack McGlynn at 4.2 mil. Uh, just recently kind of has been breaking into Philadelphia's starting lineup this year. Started last week against Chicago Fire. Started in both of their key CCL matchups to get Atlas, uh, both legs he started. Um, so I'm really keen in on him. He, I mean, he's just, uh, if they're putting it, if they put him in the starting lineup this week, I mean, they're trying to set him up to make some nice progressive key passes forward. He's one of the, probably their. I mean, would you say he's probably already one of their better better passers on the team? I mean, it's. I mean, at what 18, 19, just an unbelievable passer of the ball. So if he does and indeed get the start, um, could easily come away with, especially I'd say second assist, progressive passes forward. Looked like he had 
I mean, just in the CCL matchup against Atlas, I, there was especially the first leg. It was just really nice, nice passing of the ball, creating chances. Had a really good shot from distance too. I, I, from he can he can hit a ball, man. He's yeah. got a wand of a left foot. Yeah. So and just uh, in, in a, a multitude of different ways, um, and just I mean, at four point two mil on a team that's playing at home, that is, I mean, even though they've been inconsistent this year. I mean, they're still capable. We know they're capable of putting up goals. And if he does indeed start, he's likely going to have a role in that. And at 4.2, I mean, you can't even get that cheap of a player if you were to put Vancouver by week players in as switcheroo option. Like, that's he's true. cheaper that's than a, that. And he actually could play and he actually could get an assist or two. So he's my long shot this week. It's a hell of a pick. I just thought of this. It could be a weird hot take. Maybe. I don't know. But just the way that he plays, just it doesn't really fit Philly's style. Like he's quite literally Jack McGlynn is the only player on that team. That's like super, super comfortable with the ball at his feet in possession under pressure, like super technical and clean player. And I'm just trying to think of like what he could do in other systems that are very possession oriented ball dominant. And just how he could unlock defenses with his with his vision. I mean, because he does a phenomenal job when the team's in transition, playing balls over top and through. And in one of the one of the games in CCL, he played a ball into Julian Carranza that was just I I don't know how he saw it for an 18 year old to have that kind of vision is absolutely incredible. So in, in that regard, he does fit their mold really well. He can he can spring those counterattacks better than definitely a Leon Flock, and he's he's definitely. I think he surpassed Ale Bedoya. So he's that one player in that midfield diamond that can really play the ball. So at 4.2, like he's got the best ball skills on that team. And at 4.2, that's that's crazy value. Just not a, just not a ton of volume because they don't care about having the ball. But it's, yeah. it's more so about what he can do when he does have the ball. But that's a good shout. The only other shout that I want to give is going to be the goalkeeper that's going to be playing 4.30 on Sunday. Quentin Westberg for Atlanta filling in for Brad Guzan. He's dirt cheap he played the full 90 last game he got the start in place of brad guzan i would expect him to again this week unless they switched up to diop who's even a little bit cheaper but actually i think he's more expensive than westberg it doesn't matter one of those guys would be a decent long shot pick this week and he would you know, be decent value for a keeper but brian good segment there let's get into start bench sell and i don't know where we lost left off last week I'll, I'll hit you with it. I'll hit you. All with right. It. All, right. <laughs> all right. So I've got, I've been going midfield heavy, but I feel like it's important because in a week like this, when there's so many premium matchups, the, the, the difference I feel like is definitely going to be in the midfield who can find the right captain who can make the right plays in midfield and, and score max points, because I feel like there's going to be a lot of points scored in fantasy this week. And a lot of players are going to have a lot of the popular picks because they're going to see the main matchup. So who can find the right value and right sneakier plays is key. So I've got three midfielders for you. Um, one premium on the road and a couple uh, more, a little bit more value options uh, at home. So I've got, Zella Ryan. Oh my God. Let's go at, at Charlotte oh. at 11.7 averaging 8.57 points per points per game. How many points per game? 8.57. And he's going up against Charlotte on the road. It is a road game. It is a road in the trap, dude. The trap, the trap is set. And then we've got Ache Ache at 10.5 at home versus Miami coming back off the red card. He should be good to go. 9.17 points per game. Mr. Consistent, right? What, seven points you said? Seven points at home is the lowest he's had. Lowest, and yeah. you can get him 1.2 yeah. less than Zeller Rayon. 
And then you've got, I've got Nico Ladero, Nico Ladero, 9.8 mil for Seattle. Premium, uh, a plus matchup against Minnesota. Going to be key, especially if Roldan is out again, but also that could hurt his value. And he's had a little bit of a slower start at 6.13 points per game. But he's also the cheapest option, which could open up other midfield plays. Start bench sale. Wow, 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 wow. So Charlotte is the worst fantasy team at home, give up the most points at home in all of MLS fantasy this season. So that looks really good for Lucas, and Lucas has been doing really well. Cucho is rumored to be coming back, air quotes, soon. I don't know what that means, but I, I do really like Zella here. Like you said, like we pointed out pre-podcast, podcast, Ache Ache is just Mr. Consistent at home. Yeah. Lowest points per or lowest points at home has been seven. So, I mean, he's just producing and he's not goal reliant. And then Ladero versus Minnesota. God, I just, I, I feel like this one's, I, I really just want to get real Ladero despite the price, to be honest with you. I'm going to sell Ladero. I'm going to. Minnesota has been stingy. So, I mean, they have, sense. and they were one of the last three unbeaten teams in MLS, although they've lost the last two, but they have been stingy. They play with a lot of heart, and that's it's going to be a big game, big Western Conference game. That one's going to be just because of the high floor that Ache Ache has. I'm going to start Ache Ache. I know what I'm going to get against a Miami team that's terrible away, and Houston's phenomenal at home. So I'm definitely going to get the clean sheet points. He's going to get the touches. So I'm I know what I'm going to get with Ache Ache. There's no risk there. And then I would bench Lucas Alarion. Nice. I'm I you went with the went with your head over the heart. Yeah, you almost Good stumped me there, man. You yeah. almost got me, but I I I like that pick better yeah. just because Zella on the road. Yeah. Charlotte, what haven't won a game yet on the road? I said it on the podcast last night at MLS Corner. Could be a trap game, although I don't believe it. I was just defining what somebody else was saying. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I like the Ache Ache thing better. But yeah, that's that's my pick. Ache Ache start, Zellerion bench, and then Nico Ladero sell. But yeah. Brian, are you ready for yours? Yes, sir. Okay, we got value defenders all on the road. First one, we have Jake Nowinski at 6.4 mil away at Colorado. 6. He's 4. averaging. Yep. 6.4 away at Colorado. He's averaging four and a half. Okay. Then we got my boy, Will Sands left wing back for the Columbus crew at 6.2 mil at Charlotte. So we both have a Charlotte player or a Columbus player featuring in the segment. And he's averaging five and a half. Yeah. He's had a good year. Yes. He's in my lineup from here on out, by the way. <laughs> He's in my lineup right now, and I'm not taking him out until further notice. And then Juan Mascara for Portland at 6.7 mil, so he's the most expensive of the three at FC Cincinnati, but he's also averaging the most at 6.43 points. Hmm. Man, if Lucho can't go, I don't know if I I don't know if I mind the Portland matchup anywhere near as much, especially with how we saw since he played without him going down five one on the road to St. Louis. But at the same time, Cincinnati have been well, but Cincinnati have been stingy, but they haven't really started scoring. So there's actually I feel like there's a decent chance they could go nil nil in this in this matchup, but then Charlotte give up a ton of volume and Sands is involved in that volume. Um, and then Colorado have been uh, struggling to score goals, to say the least. And so St. Louis could definitely be in line for a clean sheet. Although 
they don't really get clean sheets. They score a lot of goals, but they're not really getting clean sheets. So um, this is tough. I think I'm going to go with – I'm going to I'm gonna start Will Sands against Charlotte. I'm going to <laughs> bench. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a trap. I'm just trapping. I'm trapping that situation. I'm just playing the trap. Uh, and then I'm going to bench Mascara against Cincy. Okay. I'm going to go with Lucho is still probably – on the mend, recovering. Uh, it sounded like, I mean, if he had one to three weeks, sounds like probably leaning towards not playing this week. So, mascara, bench, sell, uh, what uh, yeah, sell, what is that how you say it? Yeah, Nerwinski, you got Nerwinski. it. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, so I'm gonna sell him just because I don't feel like he's been, uh, the uh, of the two fullbacks, I feel like Nelson is the, the better of the fullback options for St. Louis and. I feel like he's a little bit clean sheet dependent and St. Louis aren't really that great at clean, keeping clean sheets. They're just really great at getting tons of tons of goals in all kinds of ways. Yeah. I mean, 20 through the first eight weeks, they're yeah. leading all of MLS and goals scored. Like that's pretty impressive for outrageous. an expansion. Outrageous for an expansion team. They're yeah. far exceeding their expect expected goals as well. Like by a lot, yeah. by a lot. <laughs> yeah. All right, Brian, that was fun. Let's get into our mailbag. We just have two things. We'll get into the comment from Matt Skinner. Ricky Pooge is going to have his breakout match this week. So there could be another guy to look at and putting in your in your midfield for MLS Fantasy this week. And Chicharito is going to score. Hashtag book it. Well, I did book it, and I swear Matt Skinner was looking at my notes there because Chicharito was my 50-50 of the week. Hasn't scored yet this season, but he's in a pretty plus matchup against Austin FC who give up a lot of goals to forward. So I agree he's there. Matt. As well, He's in line lineup as well right now at 8.1. It's just a value option and he's a 10 30 game. So like I can mm-hmm. play a switcheroo from yep. one of the earlier games. Good point. Uh, right now I actually I've got Swiderski in, but we'll kind of see if I stick mm-hmm. with it. It's not, a, it's not you're a not going to, you're thing. not going to stick with that. Bro. I, I know, know you're not. I, I know you're not. I mean, he's, he's had two straight games where he's gotten, He's gotten he's gotten points, so we'll we'll see. I, I also I'm not I'm not loving him. Sneaky, loving him. I like Jao Klaus this week too. It's not it's actually yeah. not sneaky at all, but I do like Jao Klaus. He <laughs> costs like eleven million. <laughs> it's actually not sneaky whatsoever. He's probably one of the most you know probably owned by more players than any other forward in the game right now. But whatever, never than never by me. <laughs> yes, yeah. but, but it's it's sneaky for me, right? Because that shit yeah. just. It, it's over my head, right? I'll pick Bwonga again this week, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Last but not least, Gracie Lynn. We have to end every episode with her yeah. lineup. This should just be the Gracie Lynn mailbag segment, right? So yeah. she sent the lineup. She said, dropped all the U.S. Men's National Team Mexico rostered players from my roster. Wasn't sure about availability for Saturday. Found some unfamiliar names and took a gamble for two. Uh, gave the captain to Espinosa, decided I had to try something different because I couldn't crack the 75 point mark in the last few weeks. Yeah, I only got 72 last week. So, yeah, not great here. But her lineup looks like uh, Martin Poss from FC Dallas, Dewan Jones, Mascara, who you put on your bench in your star bench cell, Brandon Vide, Tego Almada, Christian Espinosa, the captain, Zellerion, Mukhtar. I don't really like Mukhtar against LAFC. But that's besides the point. Bossy, mm-hmm. I kind of like him. He'd be a good 50-50 this week. Bowanga and then Longwane for Minnesota. Yeah, uh, so I'm definitely concerned about picking uh, Dallas's goalkeeper, Pais, on the on the road against NYCFC. Yeah. NYCFC are just awesome at home just because of the, the the extreme advantage they have in the smaller field. 
Do you uh, think that do you think that fans and players are sick and tired of hearing that by the way? I mean, they've got to be, but I mean, except for New York fans, I mean, they got to be. Reality of it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just wish that Charlotte could take advantage of their turf the way NYCFC takes advantage of their field. That would right. be that would be premium, but that's right. that's not the reality. So, um, let me see. I mean, obviously, New England Revolution. You can play as many Revs players as you want this week. They're all in play. Um, I am also a little bit concerned. I I don't know if I've captained a road player yet. So, I mean, I love Espinosa's matchup. He's on an absolute tear. I love the style of player he is and the way he plays. Um, and I love what he's doing for San Jose, but he is also on the road. And there are other players at home this week. Carlos Hill, Almada. Reno. Yeah. There's, <laughs> yeah. So there's so many, there's a lot of captain options. Um in, in play this week. So it's, I would have a hard time favoring Espinosa to captain. Um, but I mean, other than that, I mean, starting Hani Mutar, you can't have just Hani Mutar has, has not performed the way I would expect him to, but maybe, I mean, it's just the ceiling for him. The expectations are so high because of his season last year, but for me, it's yeah. a struggle to play him. Although, I mean, LAFC did give up a couple goals on the road this last week. So, but Nashville's Nashville's style of play has been, for me, not not super fantastic so far. Yeah. Um, they're not they're not viewer friendly. I do not like watching Nashville play soccer. Yeah, which also makes me feel like it's hard to pick Bawanga in that matchup as well because it is on the they're road. Playing, again. they're playing in the low block on the road. They they could be tough to break down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think. Nashville could at least be stingy. And I mean, he, they should still get chances. And I mean, it is LAFC. They've been absolutely outstanding, but I, it's hard to be confident when there's, I mean, at 10.4, there's definitely other strikers in play that yeah. probably have a little bit higher ceiling matchups, at least on paper. But those are the main, those are my, my main takeaways from, from her lineup this week. And definitely smart to think about the US Mexico matchup a little bit for sure definitely. as well. Definitely. Definitely. One thing I would say is this lineup is lacking Seattle Sounders players, and it has too many yeah. Minnesota players in yeah. Longwane and Dotson. I would not be going Minnesota this week. Although, I mean, this could be a huge differential play for you and why you're ahead of me in MLS fantasy. I don't know. I do like the Dylan Nialis move on your back line on the bench. They play, who do they play? Montreal? They're Montreal this week, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're at Montreal this week. Yeah, I think that's a, a decent pick. Red Bulls have been pretty stingy defensively. They play a tough style against, they're going to be playing a really terrible team this week. So that could be yeah. good. Unless, well, Bryce, Bryce, Duke, unless Bryce Deuce, Bryce Deuce, Bryce Duke just breaks down that press on the dribble and he's just playing like a little maestro out there, you know? I don't know. And I, I don't like the knee, Nick Lima. I'm struggling with names right now. Nick Lima on the bench as well. I'm not a big fan of that against the Galaxy, but mm -hmm. it is what it is. I like like 90% of, of what you have here and I could absolutely roll with that. So, uh, Brian, unless you have anything else about that lineup, we can go ahead and close out with your closing thoughts. Brian, what do you have? I'm going to go run on the elliptical in the gym on the first floor, and hopefully there's a TV in there so I can watch the U.S.-Mexico match. Look at this guy taking care of himself on the road. I love yeah. that, Brian. <laughs> That's so health conscious of you. I can't myself at home. Are you eating the continental breakfast in the morning? No, I'm skipping that. I'm intermittent oh. fasting. Oh, I'm intermittent dude, fasting. Okay, yeah, Brian. I'm trying okay, to cut. Brian. I'm trying to cut the dad bod, man. As soon as as soon as Sailor was born, 
I added at least 25 pounds. And so now I'm, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to slim it back down and yeah. Well, good for you, Brian. Good for you, man. Good for you. All right. Well, you enjoy that workout on the elliptical. I hope you enjoy the U S men's national team versus Mexico. When I didn't say game, I said, when hopefully it's a dosa Cero for the U S national team listeners. Thanks for tuning in to episode 10 of the dropping points podcast from Brian and I, we hope you guys enjoyed it. We hope you don't drop points and we hope you listen responsibly and we will catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace.